Welcome to the Playing Injured Podcast, where we have conversations to help people turn their adversity into their advantage. Welcome to another episode of Playing Injured. Um, I think this episode is a, is a perfect fit. I think we have the epitome of Playing Injured right here. Uh, we have Jen Drummond. She is a world record holder. Uh, she's a podcaster. She's a speaker, author, a mother of seven. I have to make sure I put that in there. Mother of seven is an accomplishment, right? Yes. <laughs> but uh, Jen, how are we feeling? I'm feeling fantastic. Thanks for having me today. I love it. So always love starting the show with who is Jen? I know I got a chance to kind of explain you from a bird's eye view, but uh, who is Jen and uh, how does she spend her time today? Yeah, you know, Jen's a little girl just out there having a good time playing on this planet and experiencing all the things that it has to offer. So yeah. I would say I'm a curious kid is who's Jen. I love that. You know, I was looking at some of your content and you were talking about your kids, right? And you were saying yeah. how kind of the the main thing you want to do as a mother is kind of to help them um, discover their wild side and put a fire under that. And I think a lot of times, right, in society, we get domesticated. We become like everybody else. And that fire that we have inside of us gets extinguished right so talk about that you i mean you just explained it you're a little girl you are you're adventurous i love i am i'm adventurous i'm curious i'm like i don't care if i'm right or wrong i just want to know right like i just want to know what's on the other side of that door what it feels like to put my foot in the water of the ocean or see what it looks like at the top of the mountain and things like that but you know there was a time in my life that i think we're curious when we're young And then somehow society, we kind of start conforming to society and subscribing to the rules and all the different things. And I had a business that I hired myself out of a job so then I could become a stay-at-home mom because I thought that was the dream situation to be in. So all of a sudden, I find myself in that situation and my kids are in school and I'm like, what do I do? Right. And I didn't allow myself to do anything because I'm like, I need to be here in case somebody needs something because there's seven. There's always something that needs to be needed. I can always be available for them. And I just kind of subscribe to the thought that once they go to college, then I can get my life back. But right now, this is the season of me taking care of everybody else. And, you know, there is some truth to that for a little bit, but there's a way to do yourself and everybody else in your life. And I just didn't know how to do me and everything else. So the thing that I let go was me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's not a great thing to demonstrate to your kids. Like, hey, be a mom. Give up your life for everybody else. Don't you want this job? I mean, come on. Right. So what do you think changed that mindset for you? Yeah. You know, I was in a horrific car crash Mm -hmm. in 2018. And that car crash should have taken my life. And it didn't. Um, the police rebuilt the accident like a number of times, could not build a scenario where I lived. And then you add that on to another experience that happened around that time. A couple weeks after the accident, a girlfriend of mine went running on a trail that we could push a stroller. It was wet out. She slipped, she hit her head, and she never came home. Oh, wow. And so I have me who survived this horrific crash, almost unscathed. She does something healthy and never gets to come home. And it was the pairing of those two events that I realized I don't get to choose when I die, but I sure get to choose how I live. And every day is a gift. 
that I get to choose how I want to spend. And I just really, that accident would let me let go of what society thought. Because I'm like, everybody in society is going to die. So why do I care what they think? They're all going to die anyways. And I was more concerned about like, what happens if this is my last decade, my last year, my last month, my last week of life? Am I doing things that celebrate who I am? And I wasn't at the time. So 2019 became a big year of who's Jen? What does Jen want to do? What does Jen want to experience? What does Jen want to be known for? And then all everything kind of fell out of that. I love that. You know, it's crazy how, you know, adversity hits in some of these moments that, um, you know, some folks hit rock bottom and that's when they realize they get woken up like, whoa, I actually need to take action on the things that I want to do. Um, and so you have this idea of being, you know, uh, what is it called? Uh, break proof, right? And so, yeah. and you sit, and I was, I was, I was watching some of your videos. You was like, it's not about being break proof. It's about the proof is in the break. And it's almost like you mentioned the accident was kind of the proof, right? So yeah. talk about that idea of being break proof. Great proof. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm doing this big mountaineering quest to set a world record to help people get out of their limiting beliefs. And a friend of mine pulls me aside. He's like, you need to write a book. Like these stories are so crazy. I don't even like mountaineering and I'm loving everything that you're saying, like write a book and share this experience with everybody. I said, okay, okay. So I was like trying to write, like think of the title. And I'm like, you know what? The title's break proof because to become resilient, we need to learn how to break. And when we break, we lean, lean, need to learn how to repair, right? Like what happens in that break? So to me, the break gives us a chance to look at everything. What's working? What's not working? Is this even the mountain I want to climb? Or do I want to climb a different mountain or do something different with my life? And so break proof combined together is like, I'm not going to ever break. But the reality is break is the proof of what you need to fix or do to continue up the mountain that you're climbing. And in that you become resilient and reach your summit. Yeah. 100%. I think we all have limits and yeah. these limits, a lot of these, most limits, right. Are lies. They sound good. They, they feel good, right. They keep us comfortable, but it's honestly just not the truth. Uh, talk about that. How have you found the ability to find the truth, to be able to even become the first woman to climb, uh, you know, seven second summits. How does that happen? How do you find the truth to a lot of this? Yeah. Stuff? I mean, you like, first of all, I think easiest for all of us is the not truth, right? Like mm -hmm. you can't do that. You have seven kids. You have this, like all the things that are the no. And I, I guess I always feel like if there's a no, there also has to be a yes somewhere, yeah, right? Like there has yeah. to be another side of this that I'm not looking at. So what is that? Yes. How, how does it look? And a lot of times we have to create that. Yes. We have to create that path that works for us, that allows us to bring whoever we are to the world and share that. And so like one of the big adventures I remember is you know, I was going to climb this mountain named Ama de Blom. My son challenged me to climb Everest instead because that was a real mountain. And then my coach raised the goal to this like seven second summit quest. And so when it was time to climb Mount Everest, because I was going to show my son that whatever his Everest was, he could climb it. Mm. And I remember being like, I can't go to Everest. I'm going to be gone for four weeks. 
I can't be gone for four weeks. I'm a mom. Like who leaves their kids for four weeks? A lot of people leave their kids for four weeks. Okay. Like not just moms, but like people that are in the military, people are doing these different things, whatever. And so I hire a whole bunch of help. My parents come in, I go to the kids school and I talk to the teachers and I say, Hey, listen, I'm going to be gone for three to four weeks. I've never been gone this before that. Can you please keep an extra eye on my kids? I'm a little worried about how they're going to do. And I just want you to have a little grace because things aren't normal for them at home. And my teacher came back to me and she says, how about we do a, what's your Everest campaign? Why don't you come in here, teach all the kids about setting an Everest size goal And then we'll track you because I had a tracking device while I was climbing. So they made this big Mount Everest in their room. I was a track, like a little climber that they would move up and down the mountain. I had Zoom calls at base camp. Like there's Wi-Fi at base camp of Everest. So I could call into the classroom, see the kids, talk to them about what was going on. And then when I climbed that mountain, we all did. We all summited. It was like this huge, big community event. And was it hard on my kids that I was gone? I'm sure it was a little bit. But was it super empowering that everybody in the community stepped up and asked how they were doing and supported them? And they all cheered their mom on doing this huge quest. I mean, there's a lot of value in that, that they would have never experienced had I stayed home. Yeah. How did you think that helped you having a community? I think a lot of folks, we we look to climb our Everest by ourselves. We just see this big goal. We need a community. Good luck. You're not climbing Everest by yourself because it's (laughs) insane. But yeah, in my book, I even talk about it. I say big mountains take big teams. Mm. And so the bigger your goal is, the bigger the team you're going to need to make that goal happen. Because what happens when we don't summit? We normally run out of energy, right? We don't have enough oomph in us. We like lose our momentum. We do whatever. That means you don't have enough people to help carry the weight, to help bring the thing to fruition. So if you're struggling in a goal right now, one of the things you need to do is check in. Do I have enough people on my team to climb this mountain? Yeah, 100%. You know, I feel like a lot of mountains, when it comes to mountains, it's in yeah. us. Actually, it's the, the mountain is, is us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we are the mountain. We are the mountain. Yes, we are. I mean, it's fascinating when you climb these mountains, the conversations you have with yourself, the experiences that you overcome, the limits Mm. that you learn and expand. And then you come down the mountain the same way, pretty much that you went up it. You're an entirely different person. Like you're not the same person that set out on the pursuit that comes home. Yeah, I love that. You know, you mentioned that, especially fear, these moments of fear, you climbing a mountain. I imagine climbing Mount Everest wasn't just a calming experience. You had some moments where you got scared, right? What what do you do in those moments when you feel fear, right? Oh, you feel it and you still do the thing. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So I didn't know when I got into mountaineering that I had a fear of heights. Probably would have been (laughs) a nice thing to know before you sign up to climb all these mountains, right? And um, it was fascinating. So on Everest, you see photos, right, of those ladders, they go yeah. from like one crevasse to another, and it's a way you get over them. And they're terrifying. Okay. Like they are as terrifying as they look because here's the thing it's not like it's two flat surfaces where these um, like ladders have been like screwed into the ground and they're like super sturdy and safe. Like you step on one side of the ladder, the other side of the ladder on the other end is like, like, 
up in the air and it wiggles with you. There's no OSHA rules. Like you are in the elements. And I just remember thinking like, I have to get through this section to get up this mountain. And there is a thousand things that could go wrong. But what's in my control? What was in my control was taking safe steps. So I literally like gave myself a pep talk before I go across this ladder. I even listened to Vanilla Ice. <laughs> like I'm jamming into <laughs> music, right? Because I'm like, if I was a drug, I'd sell it by the gram. Like I'm like fierce, <laughs> right? Like I'm intense. I can do this. <laughs> so like we play this song. And then when I start like going across the ladder, I remember saying out loud, safe step, safe step, safe step. And by doing that, it crowded out any negative thoughts, mm. right? Like I didn't have, my brain was working, my ears were listening, all these things. So nothing negative could grab onto me. And I just did safe step, safe step, safe step and got to the other side. We had a dance party. I wanted to cry because I was so proud of myself. But like, that's the thing that you got to do to get through the hard stuff. I was scared, you, but you'd still do it. I love that. You know, it's a few things I realized. You didn't say, Oh, I, I believe I can do it. Like you didn't have an overly positive type of mindset. Um, right. It was you just staying present and in the moment and keeping your thinking neutral. It was no negative. It was no, you know, uh, fake positive. You stayed neutral. Uh, yeah. Safe step, being in the moment and yeah. just taking this things by the moment. I love that. Step by step, baby. That's how that mountains climb. I love it. So tell me this, you you get to Mount Everest, you look up and you be like, okay, how do I climb this? What yeah. is the mindset behind this? Because I think in life, if we have an Everest challenge or we have big goals, big dreams, and we look at the end point, it looks so far away. Yeah. Well, here's the crazy thing about like, so when you climb K2, right, which is the second highest point in the world. So I used Everest to train for K2. K2 is a triangle. So like at the bottom of K2, you can see as far as your eyes can see, you're like, okay, that's the top. The thing about Everest is you don't get to see, it takes five days to climb Everest. Typically you don't see the summit until day four. Whoa. Okay. So like, you're like, this thing is so big. I don't even see the summit for like days <laughs> that I'm on this thing, right? And it's like this messy middle. I mean, it's crazy. You're just saying like, okay, I'm trusting everybody that this is where we're going because that's where everybody else is going, but come on. And um, it's overwhelming, right? It's overwhelming, but you can either look at how far you have to go or you can look at how far you're going. And anytime you're looking at how much further there is to go, that can feel overwhelming. There could be a big gap from where you are to where that is. And so then you just have to dial in and expand where you are and say like, oh, wow, I'm actually making progress. I was hiking for 10 hours, so I must be somewhere further than where I started. And I'm just going to trust that that works. And I think all of our goals kind of have that messy middle where you don't see where you started. You don't see where you're going to end. But you know that if you just keep going, eventually you're going to arrive. Yeah. It's that kind of that faith, that that almost yeah. blind faith. It in, is in blind entre faith. Entrepreneurship in, 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 in life, in any goal that you have, you a lot of times you really can't see the end. And a lot of times yeah. it feels blurry. It feels like you are kind of questioning, like, is this crazy? Am I on the right track? Um but just keeping things in perspective of, hey, 
this is where I'm going. I'm going and um, we'll get there eventually. Yep. I love that. I love that. So I saw another thing, right? You were, uh, you were blow drying your hair on Everest as well, right? So I, first of all, I didn't even know this was possible. Didn't even know this was a thing. Um, it's not a thing, just to let you know. It's so now maybe a thing a little bit, but. So I, um, what I loved about it is that you, you talked about being embarrassed doing it. I was so embarrassed. Yes. Why, why were you embarrassed? What, what made I, was it because it's not normal? What made yeah, well, like, so here's the deal. I have long blonde hair and anybody has long blonde hair. It takes a lot of work to grow long blonde hair. Okay. It right. wants to break off every second it can and <laughs> all the things. And I, I, I like my hair. It's part of my identity. It's who I am. So when I was interviewing climbing companies, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to shower at base camp. When I shower at base camp, my hair is going to get wet. And if we have to go the next day, it's not going to be dry. It takes like, if I don't have a hair dryer, it's going to take 24 hours for my head to dry. And again, I don't know Everest, right? I'm just like, you hear stories and you're thinking things through and you don't have any experience. I'm like, I'm going to need a hair dryer. Like I'm definitely going to need a hair dryer to not get sick. And I didn't want to like not sum it because my hair was long. I mean, that would be the worst story ever. And so the first company I called, I said, Hey, I'm Jen. I'm interested in climbing. You know, I'm kind of worried about my hair. You think I can bring a hair dryer? And the guy's like, no, you should just cut your hair. I'm like, okay, sounds good. So then I call the next company and I'm like, hey, I'm Jen. I'm interested in climbing. You know, I kind of have this weird concern about my hair. Can I bring a hair dryer? And they're like, yeah, you know what? You could probably dry your hair once a week with the generator that we have at base camp. That shouldn't be a problem. I'm like, okay, cool. And then the third company I called and I'm like, same story. And they're like, hey, do you need a mirror? I'm like, this is the company that I want to climb with. Not only are they going to say, yes, you can have your hair dryer, but do you need a mirror? If you're worried about me having what I need at base camp, you're going to be very anticipatory of what I need on the mountain. This is amazing. So I'm like, yeah, okay, perfect. This is the company I'm going to go with. And so I hire that company and a company in Utah that does solar powered batteries or whatever was testing some stuff out. And they're like, Hey, you can use our solar powered battery to dry your hair. So now I'm not even wasting somebody's generator and I'm leaving a battery for these people to use year round. And all of a sudden I wash my hair and it comes time to dry it. I'm like, Oh, the solar powered battery has to be in the sun. I have to dry my hair in front of everybody instead of like privately in my tent. Like yeah. I'm okay being a diva behind the scenes, but I don't need to be <laughs> in everybody's face. And so I was like, oh man, this is so embarrassing. Um, but anyways, I get out there and I'm like drying my hair as fast as I can. Of course, people see. And you, I don't know. I just felt embarrassed. And then the climb gets done. We get back to Kathmandu and somebody's like, are you the girl that brought the hair dryer? And I go, great. Now it's going to start, right? Like, yep, that's me. I'm like, yeah, it is. She's like, thank you. I was like, what? She's like, thank you. I'm like, what? Yeah, no problem. Happy to help. And she's like, no, I just want you to know that in the climbing community, it's primarily males. And it, it's hard for women to ask for what they need without feeling like they're being an inconvenience for what's going on. And it wasn't like I was asking for shrimp at base camp. I was asking to be able to dry my hair so that I was healthy enough to go up the mountain and didn't like have it freeze and crack off or do whatever my brain came up with. 
And I had a handful of women that said, thank you for having needs, asking for what you want and giving us permission to do the same. And it was just one of those stories that I think sometimes the stories we write about ourselves, like feel limiting and feel like embarrassing, but we don't realize that by owning who we are, we actually allow others to own who they are and everybody benefits. Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, we don't realize when we do things that are embarrassing people, it, it doesn't break just our barrier, it breaks others as well. Like, wow. It breaks others, right. Yeah, right. and so I have been since known as Mountain Barbie, and that's <laughs> just who I am. And then the Barbie movie came out this year and made it even cooler, so there we go. <laughs> Here we are, see? Here we are. I was ahead of the game. I was ahead of the game. And so you were doing that so that you wouldn't get sick, right? You were You mm-hmm. wanted to dry your hair so that you didn't get sick. And so you were what you valued at the moment was, OK, I'm embarrassed, but I value not being sick over what people think. Right. hundred percent. And the reality is, is like if I'm sick, then I slow down my whole team. Right. Or if I get sick and I sneeze on somebody in my tent, do they get sick? And does I mean, there's like so many things that can go wrong. That I was like, I just need to be responsible for staying as healthy and as strong as I can, because I have a team that I need to participate and be my best version for. Yeah, 100%. See, I mean, and it's unselfish, you know? It's really an unselfish right. act. It, it, right. might, it might have looked No, no, if you ask like... TikTok, you might hear a different story. <laughs> On TikTok, there's a lot of people that have a lot of opinions about this. So there you go. <laughs> well, you know the folks who comment, you know. That's I know, I know. It makes me laugh. It's so funny. No, I love that. And I think it's so many moments, even myself, I think about, you know, when I'm in that moment of caring about what people think in the moment, I'm thinking about, okay, am I do I value what people think or am I valuing what the task that is at hand? Uh, do I value that more? And typically I usually just value that more. So I just focus on that instead of trying to focus on what people think. And a lot of times our radar is off anyway, and people aren't even thinking about what we're thinking. 100%. The amount of time that people think about me is way less than what I think they think about me about. So there we go. (laughs) I love that. So, you know, on the journey, you know, you talked about kind of, you know, all these accomplishments that you've done, right? Mm -hmm. And um, happiness along the way, right? Thinking that you kind of will find happiness in a lot of these achievements. Um, and then you just you just talked about, you know, owning your yourself, owning your your identity, owning kind of who you are, being authentic. And a lot mm-hmm. of times I think that we chase these achievements that society has put out there, the house, the car, whatever the case may be. And we think we'll find happiness in that. Um, and usually this comes from within. Uh, talk about yeah. that, that idea, yeah. kind of you, how you discovered that. And um well, we can stay on Everest for this one. Um, so when I was climbing Everest, like I was with a team from England. And so a lot of these people had been dreaming about climbing Everest since they got into grade school, right? Mm-hmm. Because Sir Edmund Hillary was the first person to summit Everest and he was an English person. So the English are very proud of this human in their history and they study him from the beginning of time. And so I had started training for Everest like a year before. I'm like, I'm going to climb Everest. Okay. I'm in decent physical shape. I can climb it in a year. No big deal. Well, we get to the top of Everest and we're there for 10 minutes. We can't stay any longer because the worry the oxygen tanks are going to freeze and the weather's cold and all these things. So all of a sudden we start heading down 
And I'm like, man, some of these people have been dreaming of this pursuit for 40 years and we're heading down the mountain after 10 minutes. If you do not learn how to enjoy the journey, the days in between, the start and the top, you are missing out on so much of life because your summit might be 10 minutes. It's crazy. It is crazy. That is yeah. crazy. And it takes you back to, you know, it takes you back to the accident, it takes you back to your friend, it takes you back to all these moments where it doesn't last long. So why hold back and why not just enjoy every day, you know, every sales call, every podcast, every social media post, everything along the way is enjoying that moment and not seeing it as oh, the tough days and different things like that. I love that. And that's a mindset we talk about uh, playing injured. It's not just like the craziest things. It's like the everyday nuances, the mundane days that we uh, don't feel like it. And a right. lot of times we don't think about like, hey, this could be the last day. So, it could be the last day. Right. It totally could be the last. I mean, I remember that accident and I thought, I'm like, man, who did I talk to this day before I got into this accident? What are the last things that I would have said to people? What would they have known? Right. Like it was such a flash forward of my life. Like I still on December 18 call mm. all the people that I talked to that day because we're it's just it's etched in my mind. And um it's just fascinating. It could be your last conversation. You just never know. And learning how to live with integrity, being the best version of yourself is the best thing we can do. Listen, I love it. I love it. Well, closing down, where can folks continue to follow you and follow your journey? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, please reach out. I love people. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So my website is jendrummond.com on there. You can find all my social media handles and reach out on your platform of choice. I have the book available for sale, break proof, seven strategies to build resilience and achieve your life goals. You can buy it on Amazon. You can click on the link through the book um, website and say, hi, I love cheering people on in their pursuits and hearing what everybody's up to. Let me know what your Everest is. I love that. Jen, you're, uh, like I said before, we even hit record. Your story is inspiring. And um, you've broken not only barriers for yourself, but barriers for so many other people um, that you don't even know of. So I appreciate you, uh, for, you. for jumping on and, and, and showing love. Yeah, thank you. Our brand design and strategies by Tessa at fivefootstudios.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at fivefootstudios. Our music is by Lakey Inspired. Go ahead and subscribe so that you never miss an episode and click the five stars to give us a rating. And most importantly, keep playing injured.